Isn't God's presence amazing? There's nothing like his peace. There's nothing like his presence. And when we all bring Jesus together as his body, he shows up. Even if it was just two or three of us, as the word says, that he is here with us. All right, let's get ready to consume the word of God and to have our faith increase because we've got a race to keep running. There's a finish line with our name on it and there's a crown and a robe that awaits us. Our reward for receiving this gift of life. There's going to be some trials we'll go through. There's going to be some issues that try to knock us down and make us waver in our faith. But the word of God comes to empower us and to nurture and nourish us. So we're going to receive that word. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Jesus, who is the word of God. Lord, I thank you for an anointing being upon your servant. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill your children with the Holy Spirit as well. May truth resound. May truth resound. May the sound of truth resound in our mind, in our body, in our soul, God, so that lies are rooted up. They can no longer produce fruit. They can no longer produce depression or anxiety or lust or anger or all those things that should not be in the heart of your children. I pray in Jesus' name that the truth, Jesus, that you just simply do what you do this morning. I thank you for triumph. I thank you for victory for your children. I thank you that we're no longer broken, God, that you have fixed us with your truth. I pray that when we leave here today, we don't leave the same, that we go from glory to glory. We go higher We leave here healed. We leave here with joy. We leave here with peace because we've spent time with Jesus. And I pray that when the public sees us, we will be known to be those followers of Jesus. That our light would shine and our salt would season all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Can we give our praise team a hand this morning? Doing such a wonderful job. So thankful for them. About a month or so ago, I was in my, well, there was a prophecy that there would be a new sound and new sounds uh, here in the uh, church, in the ministry. And I was in my office working on a sermon and I heard someone singing outside the door. And I go and open the door and say, who is that singing? And it was Olivia. I said, girl, I didn't know you could sing. She said, yeah. So I encouraged her to pray about joining the worship team and serving us, uh, serving the Lord with her gift. And haven't we been enjoying her uh, on the worship team? So thank you for your obedience to do just that. Uh, some, of, some of you have gifts as well that you're not using. So it's time that we say, God, I want to serve you with my gift. I don't want to just sit on it. I want to bless you with my gift. So we're finishing up a series today, potentially. Maybe it'll be a book one day. I don't know. But it's called Rooted in Truth. All right. And this last message is entitled Trees of Righteousness. When we abide where the Lord plants us and obey his truth, we are free indeed. 
we become trees on which the world can find his righteous fruits. So how do we get here? The first message was rooted in truth, seeds, roots, and fruits. That message was all about if we are rooted in Christ, we will produce the righteous fruit that pleases God. And we learn that disobedience and lies threaten this freedom. And it's time to uproot evil fruit with the truth. So sometimes we see some things in our lives that are reoccurring and they are not godly. And the only way to get rid of them is to uproot them and not allow their fruit to grow anymore. Many times we say, Lord, forgive me of this sin that I've committed, but it's not true repentance. True repentance will pull that sin up by the root. Sometimes we just, we're not repentant, we're just sorry, right? And when you're sorry, it's like taking a lawnmower over dandelions. Lord, I'm sorry this grew in me. I'm going to cut these off. You don't like this. But the truth is, if we don't get it up by the root, it's going to keep coming back, coming back and coming back again. Why do I keep cussing? Why do I keep lusting? Why am I so angry? Because when it happens, we say, oh, God, I'm sorry that that happened. That looked bad, just like dandelions can look bad. So I'm going to chop the top off so nobody sees it anymore. But if we don't fix it at the root, it's going to come right back again, right? And so this isn't a message of condemnation. It's a message of the, the conviction of truth to say, Lord, work on my heart. There's some things in my heart that my life is producing. There's some seeds that need to be uprooted and replanted in truth. The next thing we learned is that we need to grow where God planted, plants us. So since we've been born again and since we've been put into new life in Christ, we ought to stay there. But our problem is that sometimes we still walk among the things of this world and we still do worldly things and listen to worldly things and watch worldly things and say worldly things. We are made from the dust of the ground, right? And in dirt, things grow. So if you open up yourself to the seed of the world, you're going to produce the fruit of the world. So instead of going off and finding uh, pleasure in the world, instead we should just stay where God has planted us. I'm born again. I am alive in Christ. I am a new man. I'm going to stay right here. I'm done with the world. So the reason we produce the fruit of the world sometimes is because we're not done having fun in the world. We're not done being entertained by the world. And when those seeds come out, they're going to land on our heart and land in our life, and we're able to produce that fruit. Finally, last week, we talked about guarding the soil of our heart. And the truth is this. If you've been in church a long time or even a little time, sometimes you need to rehear some things. Please hear me. I don't care if you've been listening to the Bible for 40 years. Sometimes you need to rehear some things. Because you could have learned some things at the beginning of your walk with Christ and your heart was still hard, so you need to hear it again. Maybe you heard about giving on a Sunday where you didn't have much and, you're, and the, the enemy manipulated the word to say, they just want my money. When the truth is, God was really saying, I just want you to be blessed. But our heart was hard about finances. Or uh, when the Bible tells a man to lay down his life for his wife, well, well, you don't know my wife, right? Heart is hard in some areas. So as we progress in God and he softens our heart, we need to keep that word flowing in us at all times so that the truth can take root and we can produce that fruit. Why? Why is that? 
In conclusion of this series, as the Lord wills, the reason that all this must happen is so that we can become trees of righteousness. The way this series was born was because I was asking God, uh, God, where are they? Why does it seem like the church is absent? Why can't they, why aren't they as fruitful sometimes as they need to be? God, I need help, right? Lord, where are they? And he tells me, they're broken, They're believing some lies. They're producing some fruit of this world still. They're not fully connected to me. They're not fully abiding. They can't produce the fruit that I desire them to produce because there's some areas of their lives that have been broken. What I mean broken, some of you come from church hurt backgrounds, hurt hurt very deeply by people in a church, and now there's a part of you that's broken. Some of you have lost loved ones, right? Mom passed away, a son or a daughter passed away, and you never healed properly from that event. And you're still broken in that area, and the Lord desires to heal you so that you can bear fruit there. Do you hear me? So what brokenness really equates to are some branches in our lives that are not producing fruit. Why? Because there's a cut there. There's an injury there. Just something happened that I'm not producing the right fruit. But then there's these wild branches that grow on us as well. These wild branches are these these vines that grow up the tree of righteousness. So I'm not saying that you're not saved. I'm not saying that you're not born again. I'm just telling you that sometimes the cares of this world begin to wrap around our leg and wrap around our arm, and we begin producing fruit that is not of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? We have anger issues. We have lust issues. We have all these things that should not be growing on us. Why? Because the cares of this world, because the lust of this world has been growing too closely to our tree and it needs to be severed at the root. Sometimes you can't pray it off. You've got to just say, Lord, deal with me. Can you say this with me? Jesus, Jesus. do what you do. You don't know how powerful that statement is. So just say, Lord, I've done all I can do. But now, Jesus, you just do what you do. Free me. And the Bible says that they shall know the truth, and the truth shall make them what? Free. These vines are lying to us. The the seed, uh, this fruit of the world, is not what we're supposed to be producing. Because God has called us to be trees of righteousness. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 26 through 29, Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus Christ that victory today is ours. That as we hear this word, that all satanic power in our lives will be broken and we will be set free. We call forth the, the, the word of God to sever depression at its root. We call forth the word of God to sever anger and sever bitterness and sever uh, lust and sever uh, all those things that cause us to think something that is not true about us. Holy Spirit, I ask for your help this morning that you would move upon your people and begin breaking chains, breaking chains in the name of Jesus Christ, the lies that they have been believing about themselves, what their father told them that was a lie, what another pastor told them that was a lie, what an employer told them, what a boyfriend or girlfriend told them, what the enemy told them that is a lie. 
May it be severed in this message right now in Jesus' name because you have called us to be trees of righteousness. You have called us to produce the fruit of God. You have called us to remain, and that's what we will do. And I pray this happens now in Jesus' name. Amen. The planting of the Lord. Say this with me. The planting of the Lord. Okay, he desires that we be trees of righteousness. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the world chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose, church say he chose. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. So when the the Lord says they're broken, it's only because you think you're broken broken. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're not broken at all if you are in Christ. So what I want you to know is this, that we're not what we were before he called us anymore. Now listen to how you were before he called you, okay? You were not wise, you were not wealthy, and you were not powerful when he called you. Say this with me. I was foolish when the Lord called me. See, we were foolish. He said that he chose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So here's what you need to know this morning, church of Jesus Christ. You're no longer what you were before he called you because in him now, you are wise, you are wealthy, and you are powerful in him. I'll go tell them. I don't think you believe me, okay? Before God called all of you over here sitting here, you were not wise. You were foolish. You were in sin, right? You were not wealthy. You were not powerful. But since he has called you into himself, since he has called you into himself, you now share in his glory, in his wisdom, in his power, and in his wealth. You are not broken anymore. You are complete in Christ. Depression sets in, and and poverty sets in, and weakness sets in as you begin to fade away in your relationship with the Lord. But when you remember who he is, man, this is good. If you're taking notes, write this down. When you remember who he is, you'll remember who you are. (laughs) Do you hear what I'm saying? The lie of the enemy is just you are just church people just trying to find your way in life. And, oh, I sure hope I get into heaven. Oh, I sure hope I don't do anything wrong. No, no, you're not. That's broken. And the brokenness is here. 
The brokenness that God's people suffer is in the mind. We're not thinking correctly, right? So he desires that we move on to what he's calling us to be. Listen to what John 15, 16 says. It says this. This is all about choices. So what I want you to learn right there is you are not who or what you were anymore since he has called you into himself. So you might have been a fool, but you're not a fool anymore. Say this to me. I'm not a fool anymore. I'm not poor anymore. I'm not unwise anymore. I share in his life. Do you hear what I'm saying? See, Pastor Jim said, oh, how I hope they get a new revelation of what happened on the cross. See, it's everything that happened on the cross did not just happen to Jesus. It happened to us as well. Do you hear what I am saying? Everything that happened on the cross did not happen to just Jesus. And there's some things that happened to us too. The power of the cross also empowers us today as well. We are a new creation. We are free from sin. So we got to get the truth back in us so that we know these things. So he chose us when we were broken, but we're not still broken. John 15, 16 says this, you didn't choose me. I chose you. All right. We got to remember this. You were a You'll get mad at me if I say you were a fool. We were fools. Living in sin. We were on our way to hell and having fun doing it. How foolish is that? We were fools. But God still chose us. How does it feel to be chosen? How does it feel to know that God loves you so much that while you were a fool, he still chose you? Well, why did you choose me, God? Because I want to use you to show those who think they are wealthy, those who think they are powerful, those who think they are wise, that I can take somebody foolish. I can take somebody foolish and raise them up and give them my ability I'll even give them my spirit. I'll put my spirit in them so they can be just like me. They will be my sons and they will be my daughters. Do you hear what I'm saying? You are not broken because God doesn't make mess. He doesn't make mess. He has blessed us to be just like him. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So my question was, God, where are they? I so need the church's help. Where are they? Where is their fruitfulness? So this is what you need to know. Whatever the, the enemy's been telling you, he's a liar. Whatever he's been telling you, he's a liar. God doesn't look at your past. He looks at your future. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. He's writing an incredible story about you now, but you need gasoline to get where he's taking you. And that gasoline is faith. And he's given you all a measure of faith. Why just a measure? Because I know how much gas it takes to get from here to Dayton. So God knows how much gas it takes to get you from where you are to where he desires you to be, and he's given you a measure of that faith. So 
You're not broken. He chose you. And not only did he choose you, he appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So say this with me. I have been chosen and appointed to produce lasting fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. That's the truth. Forget everything the enemy's been telling you about being a Christian and producing fruit and pleasing God. It's a lie. He knows where you were when he called you, and he still chooses to use you to produce his fruit. So then, what is the power of the planter? So God plucked us up out of sin, and he's planted us in righteousness. Does he even have the power to do that? Where does the Bible say what he's able to do for us? Where does this power come from? Where is the proof that God can take broken people and make them into trees of righteousness? Let's go to Isaiah chapter 61, beginning in verse 1. And this is, this is a prophecy that Isaiah spoke that Jesus would later speak in Luke when he went into the temple and asked for the scroll of Isaiah. He read this and said, you have heard this uh, come to pass. This is, this is, I am the one that Isaiah prophesied about. So this is the power of the planter. So don't, don't look at your resume. Let's burn our resumes. Let's burn our resumes, let's burn all the sins we've ever committed, let's burn all of our past, and let's accept the truth. Say this with me, Holy Spirit, help me accept the truth. You need the truth, okay? So here is the power of the one that planted you. Here's what he said. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach Good tidings to the poor. Oh, my goodness. Remember what I said before he called you what you were? All right? He said, I didn't choose many wealthy. He chose the poor. And I'm not talking about poor as it relates to finances. I'm talking about poor as it relates to righteousness and it relates to the knowledge of the truth. Okay? He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Remember what I said I said, Lord, why can't they produce fruit? Where are they? He said, they're broken. So the power of the planter is this, that he comes preaching good news to the poor, and he has been sent to heal the brokenhearted. Church, would you please put your hands on your heart right now? Holy Spirit, since you are here already, and your word says that you are near to the brokenhearted, all of our brokenness looks different. From the time we were a child to right now. There's some events that some of us are going through right now, and it has broken our heart. But I thank you that your word says that you are near the brokenhearted. And I thank you that this prophecy says that the spirit of the Lord God is upon you because he has anointed you to preach good tidings to the poor and has sent you to heal the brokenhearted. Church, say this with me. Lord, heal my broken heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. This is what else he does, the power of the planter. To proclaim, which means to release a message, okay, uh, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. So you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you what? 
free. So this anointed one named Jesus Christ, he, claimed, he came proclaiming a message to the poor and to the brokenhearted and to those who were bound in sin. He, he came proclaiming truth. And what would this truth do? This truth would bring liberty to the captives, thank you, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. All right, so what does the planting of the Lord look like? Let's go to Psalms chapter 1. We're learning this morning. There's going to be some healing happening right now. So as you, as you experience his healing, at whatever time it comes, it's okay if you do a, a little worship break right in your seat. It's okay if you say you, you feel his presence on you. Don't fight it. Don't look around. I'm believing now in the name of Jesus Christ that during this message, some healing is going to begin to happen, and you just, you just go with it. Do you hear me? Say this with me. Jesus, Jesus. do what you do. All right, so it's going to happen for all of us. There's going to be some childhood injuries that are going to be healed in here this morning. There's going to be some, some of you have been divorced and you haven't healed from that. That's going to be healed this morning. There's going to be some tragedies, some car wrecks. Uh, there's going to be some pain in your body. Somebody's back pain is going to be healed in here this morning because he sets the captive free. Depression is going to lose its grip on you this morning because he sets the captive free. Am I in the right place? Please listen to me. I know I'm common to you. You've heard a lot of preaching from me before. Please just don't see me as Damien right now. Please just don't see me as a motivational speaker. I am here to... Re I am here to release the word of God, not my words. I am here to release the word of God to set captives free this morning. Every time, every time I come to you, I never just start preaching like it's me. I always pray, Lord, let your anointing be upon me. What does the anointing do? It destroys the yoke. Those things that have you bound. So, so please, please don't see me as common this morning. See me as a servant of God who has been delivered to you to give you truth that brings freedom. Amen? So here's the planting of the Lord. Here's what it looks like when the Lord plants you. We're talking about becoming trees of righteousness. It says this, and, 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 and I, know, I know many of us are lacking joy. If, we, if I were to be honest with you, a lot of us are lacking joy. And the reason I know this is because we spend so much time on social media looking for joy, looking for laughter when it's really not there. How much time do you waste looking for pleasure and looking for joy in places there is no joy? So that's how I know that we don't have the joy that we, that we should have in the Lord alone. Here's the evidence that the Lord has planted you. Here's the evidence that you're his tree. It says, oh, the joy. Church, can you say the joy? Oh, the joy of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. What does this mean? I am not spending time with the world. I am not doing worldly things. I am not taking worldly counsel. Verse 2, but they, here's what they do. 
They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. How often do their leaves wither? Never wither, and they prosper in all they do. You see, I'm glad I was a fool when God called me. Because I'm foolish enough to believe this God. I'm foolish enough to believe that his word never fails. And see, the reason we're not as blessed as we are is because sometimes we still think that we know the way. That brings weariness. That brings sadness. That brings depression. That brings questions. How am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to do this? How am I? How am I? It's not about us anymore. We've been adopted by him. We've been put into him. We are his trees, okay? So here is the evidence then of those who have been planted by him. Number one, we should have joy. Number two, we should have a love of God's word that is proven by our meditation on it both day and night. So listen to this revelation. Our roots are thoughts. So we must think about his thoughts to produce his fruit. So when I say that we need to be uh, rooted in truth, what roots really are are thoughts. Because whatever you think about yourself, you'll see the fruit of that in your life. Whatever you think about God, you'll see the fruit of that in your life. So we must make sure that our thoughts are in line with what God has said and that we be planted and rooted in the truth only. The truth has changed my life. Do you hear what I'm saying? The reason that I have a home right now is because I believe the truth. If I would have believed the bank, I would not have a house right now. Because the bank said my credit score was too low. The bank said the income debt ratio was too low. And if I agreed, listen, if I agreed with that truth and took it as, as gospel, then I would produce its fruit. So what was the fruit of the bank? You can't have a house. Your credit's too low. You don't make enough money. You can't have a house. But my God, see, I say, uh-uh. See, I say, no, 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 no. I'm not going to plant that seed in my heart. You got to guard your heart. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I was foolish enough to apply for the loan. Even when they said the credit was too low or I didn't make enough money, he called me to produce. Oh, he called me to produce fruit, not to be a bare tree, not to be a raggedy, broken down tree with, with no fruit and gnarly looking, a tree of righteousness. And as long as my thoughts are his thoughts and I believe what he says, I can have what he said I can have because my thoughts are his thoughts and my ways become his ways. So what I'm asking you is this. If you're poor 
if you're broken, if you're depressed, if you're stuck trapped in lust and pornography, and if you're, if you're a liar and all these things are growing in you, why? Reject it. You don't have to accept any of that. The only reason it keeps coming in your life is because you believe it. Do you see how powerful faith is that even if you believe the wrong thing, it will still show up? Do you hear what I'm saying? That's how powerful your faith is. If you believe a lie, you'll live a lie. Come on. Come on. That's why I praise God for for Angie Dove. She's a teacher at Perry School. And so, so some kid might have a teacher that says, you know what? You're never going to be anything. I had your dad in class and he was lazy just like you. That could have happened the period before. But here this kid walks into her classroom the next period with his head down and a tear falling down. And he's been broken by that, that seed that was just planted in him. But here she comes to say, what's wrong? They said, I'll never be nothing. So, oh, no, baby, that's a lie. That's not true. And see, that's what the Holy Spirit does for us, right? When you believe a lie, he comes along with the truth and says, that's not so. God has so much more for you. So the last thing, the last evidence of us being a tree that is planted by him is there's fruit for every season of life. There's fruit for every season of life. What kind of fruit? Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23 say this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Repeat after me, love, Love. joy, Joy. peace, Peace. patience, Patience. kindness, Kindness. goodness, Goodness. faithfulness, Faithfulness. gentleness, Gentleness. and self-control. That's the, so, so you're a tree of God, and that's the fruit you grow. Amen. That's the fruit you grow. So let me tell on myself, at Compel last Thursday, uh, at the event, before we were to go out and hit the streets and stuff, we were just getting ready, and all the food was showing up, right? All the food we'd be taking into the community. And I, say, and you, and, you. and I... Always want to make sure there's enough food that when we go out, that as we greet people, we have something to bless them with because an act of kindness and an act of love opens the door to people's heart. If you feed somebody that's hungry, it opens up that door to their heart so that you can say, tell them about Jesus, okay? But I, right? I'm there getting everything ready. And the people from the square just start showing up at the wagons asking for food, right? And I, at the moment, became frustrated. Can I just be honest? You thought I was perfect? I'm not, and neither are you, so don't look at me like that. I got frustrated like, man, we haven't even, you know, you know your inner dialogue or the flesh. Can you say the flesh? That carnal mind, that mind that's not godly, got to talking to me like, Man, come on, man, it ain't even time yet. Just go sit down. (laughs) Right? But the Holy Spirit, say the Holy Spirit. Come on, you got to hear me. You got to hear me. You got to hear me. So we're trees of righteousness, right? 
So as we allow the Holy Spirit to bring his ministry to us, we produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is patience. So I listen to me. I have no patience. And don't worry, because you don't either. Because patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Patience doesn't come from you. It comes from the Spirit. So I was out there serving as Damien. I wasn't in that moment in the Spirit. And the Lord had to check me and say, you know what? You're being religious. Ooh, ouch. You're being religious. You're trying to follow a system or an order. And he said, what's more important? This person is hungry right now. What's more important, right? Well, well, you can't, don't argue with God. Just, just stop the comp, just do what he said. Because at that moment, it's just the enemy, right? It's just that flesh. In. But God, no but God's. There's a good but God, right, Stacey? But there's a bad but God, too. The good, God, the good but God is, I'm going through all these things. I don't know how I'm going to make it. But God, right? He's the one that shows up, and he's the one that empowers us. But there's a bad but God, too. When God tells you to do something, you're like, but God, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it my way. So what happened was this. I had to, right? crucify my flesh so that the Holy Spirit could produce patience in me. So that's what you do when you feel the opposite of the Holy Spirit's fruit working in you. It's your flesh and you must crucify it. And in that moment of 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 crucifixion, what happens is a piece of fruit grows on your tree and you're able to eat it and give it. So the first lady that came up and asked for food, here's patience. The next person that came up, another person came before we started. Here's patience. Another one came before. Can you imagine if I had not crucified the flesh by then? I'd be throwing sacks here. You're laughing at me, but we all do it. It's called sin. The opposite of the character of God and the ways of God is sin. So we have to, there's no good thing. That's what Paul said. There's no good thing in this flesh. So we have to crucify this flesh and allow his fruit to come forth. And that's exactly what happens because listen to verse verse 22 again. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. And then we hear the list of fruit that happens from there. All right. I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this message or not, but there is a couple more points I'd like to make. Um, the square testimony, I just gave that. Now, verse the, number four, we're talking about the evidence of being trees planted by him. So number four is we are trees that have healthy leaves that absorb his light and direct water towards the roots. So... We have leaves in our life that cover the fruit. That's what leaves do. They cover and protect the fruit from the heat of the sun, right? And they direct water or the rain towards the tree. So we have that. And then the final is that we prosper in all that we do. If God has planted us somewhere, then we will prosper in every single thing that we do because we belong to him. Next lesson called Follow the Vine. 
Let's go to John chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. And if you could please bear the fruit of patience with your pastor this morning as I wrap this up, okay? We are in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, cuts it off. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. Sometimes we're like, ouch, God, right? So that's what happened to me in the square. I got pruned. He cut me. He's like, uh-uh, you've got, you've got a wrong attitude right here, buddy. I've got to cut you back some. Why? So you can produce even more patience. Because if you thought just one person was going to come early, there's about four or five more. So I need to cut you right now. I need to cut you back so you can produce more fruit. Because you're going to have to have the patience for at least five more of these. And right now you have none. So here, here's a warning to us all. Never serve God from the flesh. Never attempt to do a, good, a, a God thing in a good way. Just because we're out there all the time doesn't mean we are in the right spirit. Right? We have to be in the right spirit as we serve the Lord. Let's keep going. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. You see the proof of that? You say, how does he prune? And how did he prune me? Damien, you're being religious. Cut. Ooh, ouch. Right? Be patient with them. And because of what he said, he pruned me. And I was, he was, not I was, he was able to produce more fruit in that moment. Okay? Verse 4. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Listen, listen closely. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Some take that to say, well, I can ask for a Lamborghini or I can ask for, but would that even be his asking? Because you're in him, right? When you're abiding in him, you don't have worldly lustful ask. Your ask are righteous. Your ask are to glorify him. That's the whole point of this. Listen, listen, listen. He gives you what you ask for because you're abiding in him and what you're asking for is going to bless him, not just you, right? Let's keep going. Verse 8, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. I have loved you even as the father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my father's commandments and re remain in his love. So listen, a tree's roots absorb nutrients to produce its fruits. Our thoughts are the roots we use to absorb life. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. 
So whatever you think about yourself, that's what you're becoming. That's how powerful your thoughts are. Your thoughts are your roots that go go out into faith or fear, right? And whatever you're thinking, that's what you're producing. So we have Desiree over here that bakes uh, delicious desserts, okay? And if she would have thought, you know, all I have is this little home kitchen, all I have, com- begin comparing ourselves. I'm not Sarah Sweets. I'm not on East Town Road. So, so your roots can go all kinds of ways. Your thoughts can go all kinds of ways. But instead of thinking about what she couldn't do and who she wasn't, she began to think about who God is and the gift that he gave her. Your thoughts control so much of your life. So make sure that you recognize that your thoughts are roots that grow that go out to absorb truth, absorb lies, and produce the fruit of either. The next thing I want you to know that thoughts become actions, and our actions are the fruit of our character. So if you have a spiritual mind, you'll produce life and peace. But if you have a sinful mind, it'll produce death. So if you, if you look around your life and see things dying, things not going well, you have to change your mind and say, Lord, give me your thoughts. I want to think like you think, all right? Uh, can you come here for a minute, please? We're just about done. Stand right there, please. You can face me, because the Lord always faces me, right? So here's what we have here. Here's what we have here. So in this world, I'll go where you can see me, I'm sorry. In this world, there are a lot of ways, a lot of paths that seem right. But there's only one way. There's only one way to the Father, and that's Jesus Christ. When we are separated from Christ, we are broken. He desires that we be trees of righteousness. Jesus Christ came to earth, right? The word of God, the bread of heaven came to this earth. He died for us, he left his word for us, and he returned back to the Father, but he said, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, a comforter, to be with you, to lead you and guide you into all truth. Can you say this with me, church? He is the vine. We are the branches. He has appointed us to produce much fruit. Okay, so listen. God doesn't want us to be broken anymore. God wants us to produce much fruit. And there's only one way to do it, right? So my brother up there is representing the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, of course, in heaven. But all the way down from heaven, there is this vine. And the vine is Jesus. And Jesus is the way, the truth, in the life, we are branches. So this is the vine. And when we pick it up, we become 
branches. And as long as we're connected to him, we produce much fruit. But when we let go, we begin to wither and we begin to dry up and we begin to be reserved, as he said, that he'll cut us off and we'll be thrown and cast off. There's only one way to the Father. So let me tell you the beauty of this vine and abiding. So we never let go. You see how this vine is connected to truth? When Jesus saves you, he fills you with his Holy Spirit and he's given us his word, his promises. His promises never fail. Make sure you hold tight. I don't want to pull you off that stage. His promises never fail. So when I feel weak and when I feel broken and when I don't know how I'm going to make it, as long as I'm holding on to his word, he's leading me. Now imagine Psalms 23 as David was saying, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for he is with me. Sometimes you can't see God. Sometimes the situation is so bad, you don't know how it will ever be fixed. But he says that I am the vine and you are the branches and without me you can do nothing. So what does the opposite of that mean? That as long as I hold on to the vine and believe by faith that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Depression comes, anxiety comes when this happens. When I forsake the word and begin to think about my own imaginations about how am I going to do it. He already told us, without me, you can't do anything. So the longer we stay away from his word, the longer we begin to not develop his fruit. So the beauty of the vine is that it's the word of God, and not only is it the word of God, come here. He's given us his Holy Spirit. Just put your hand on my shoulder. So when I am failing, when I am thinking about letting go, when the enemy comes to me with a lie to try to get me to let go of the word, that's exactly what the enemy tries to do to get you to let go of the word. The Holy Spirit, can you give that back to me? The, listen to me. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And even when I am depressed and even when I am down, he will find me and bring the word back to me and restore my faith and hope that I might continue to be able to be fruitful. I can stay patient. Stay with me, Holy Spirit. I can stay patient. I can stay kind. Uh, I've been through kidney failure, and I was in the hospital dying, and I, I didn't know if I would live long enough to see my kids, or I was a broken man, but the Lord spoke. He gave me a, a lifeline. He gave me a lifeline. And, and he spoke to me in my hospital room, and he said, my grace is sufficient for you. So for 10 years now, I've had my brother Carlos's kidney keeping me alive by the power of God because he said that his grace was sufficient. I don't know when I'm going to die, right? But when I die, I'm going to be holding on to the truth. 
And the truth is, the truth is, even though they will bury this body, one day a trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise and I will go on to be forever with God. Listen to me, listen to me. Hold this for a moment. If you die without the truth, you have no lifeline to heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody gets to the Father except by him. So he's granted us with his Holy Spirit to make sure, oh my goodness, to make sure that we have the truth. He's the spirit of truth. And so he leads us and guides us all the way back until we get to the Father. Now listen to the beauty of this right here. Listen to the beauty of this right here, okay? I'm sorry. The beauty of this right here is that the Lord says this. My word will never return to me void. It will always accomplish everything that I have sent for it to do. So as long as you keep believing God's word, church, listen, stand to your feet. As long as you keep believing God's word, not the circumstance, not what happened to you, not what the enemy is saying, but you use the word of God to produce in you the righteousness of God, you just believe, okay? You see this in front of me? It can be a mountain, right? And the Bible says that we can speak to the mountain, right, and say, be tossed up and plucked into the sea. And the problem that was, was blocking us now becomes a step because we've trusted God. And what was a mountain becomes progress. He turns the mountains into steps. He turns the mountains into steps. He turns our, he turns what came to stop our progress into a plan to bring him closer to us. And listen to me. People are watching you. They're watching as you struggle. They're watching as you go through these circumstances, especially if you say that you believe God. So don't, don't let this down because you'll let them down. He's using your life as a testimony. Hold on to the truth because it never fails. So I've got all kinds of these running in my life right now. I've got one of these for my finances, right? So whatever he says about finances, I hold on to it and I walk with it and it leads me right back to him. What about my health? They say I'm a I have diabetes and kidney failure and high blood pressure and all these things and the new kidney might only last 10 or 15 years. Man, I'm not holding on to that garbage. I don't want to hold that. I want to hold on to what God said, right? So I'm going to walk to where he's going. Your marriage should have one of these, a lifeline. Your marriage should have a lifeline. You should have verses that you guys uh, quote together and say, okay, here's what's going to happen in our house. Here's what we hold on to. All these lifelines. You see, the Bible, thank you. The Bible is filled with thousands, thousands, and thousands, and thousands of lifelines. And if you will just believe, each one of them comes from heaven. Each Bible verse came from the mouth of God. 
And God said this, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that came out of my mouth. So really, these lifelines are connected to the mouth of God. And God cannot lie. Situations lie. Circumstances lie. The pain lies, but God doesn't lie. The truest thing in the world right now is God's word. Don't listen to what CNN and what Fox has to say about economies and and your retirement. He's your retirement. Do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, Jesus. 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 Spirit, would you please reconnect us to the lifeline? I want you to come to this altar if you feel like there's some things that you've been going through and now you've heard some truth to let you know that, you know what, I I think I dropped a lifeline there. I think I I let go of the truth right there. And and I want to produce good fruit in that area of my life. I I want to be faithful with my eyes. I want to be faithful with my finances. I want to be faithful in my marriage. I want to be faithful with my health. I I want to serve the Lord with all of my heart. If that's you, I want you to come to this altar and I want you to reconnect yourselves to truth because you're no longer broken. You're no longer broken. You just have to reconnect yourself to truth. Stand around this altar. I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to trust God that the faith that he's given us from the beginning, the faith that he's given us from the beginning is going to be reconnected. And we're going to have everything the devil tried to steal from us. We're going to get it back. We're going to get it back. The truth, God, I need the truth again. Lord, I just need the truth. Tell me the truth, God. Tell me the truth. I don't, you see, some of you, some of you are believing some things that you don't even want to believe.